Today's episode of Cloud Conversations is brought to you by District Avenue. Head over to districtav.co. That's districtave.co. Pick you up some soaps, some sage, some bath soap, bath bombs, candles, anything you need to get into the mindset of self-care. Because today on the show, I've got Ashley Dudley from Light This Candle. LightThisCandleCo.com. We're talking about everything you need to get your chakras in alignment, to get your mind right. So head to districtav.co, districtave.co. Use the code CLOUDS at checkout. It's going to get you 15% off your order. Districtav.co, use the code CLOUDS. I want to take the time to thank Ashley for doing this with me today, taking time out of her schedule. Um, I, I truly appreciate it, and I think that you guys are going to enjoy the conversation that we had. Support her business as well. Lightthiscandleco.com. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Enjoy the conversation. Okay, welcome back to season two of Cloud Conversations. Uh, today I'm having a conversation with Ashley Dudley of Light This Candle. And I have known Ashley pretty much my whole life. And it's funny because I still know you as Ashley Bailey. So I was telling myself the whole time before, like, <laughs> do not forget that she is married and her name is different now. So um, Ashley, what led you to start? Well, tell us about Light This Candle and then kind of tell me what led you to venture into this. Uh, okay. Uh, Light This Candle is, of course, the candle company. I sell a couple of other things, but it's just basically for for self-care, for self-healing. Um, I know a lot of issues that have been going on with health and everybody trying to take care of their physically, mentally, I'm sorry, mentally, all of that stuff. So I decided to make candles that can help with that. Um, they're infused with essential oils and also fragrance oils. Um, they also include a stone or crystal um, that helps with whatever type of candle it is. So I do the seven chakras. So each of those candles has a stone that represents the chakra itself. And then I do four additional candles that I consider connection candles. Um, one's for sleep, one's for manifestation, one's for motivation, and one's for luck and prosperity. Um, I think this kind of came to me because I really, really love candles and I found myself always waiting for that $10 Bath and Body Works sells to purchase candles, but then I also love incense. And so I use them differently. I would light an incense for a specific purpose, like if I was stressed or um, if I had a headache, if I was dealing with anxiety, if I needed to sleep, I would light that specific incense. But of course, I only lit a candle to fragrance my home. So I figured it would be a good idea to combine the two. Yeah. And that's how like this candle became a thing. Yeah, it's a... Uh... I talk about a lot of different products in my life and stuff. And I always talk about this because I've got probably 40 stones on my desk right now <laughs> uh, from the candles. It. And that's like my favorite. My favorite part is collecting the stones kind of after yeah. they burn. Uh, when did you realize that? So when you when you went into the candles, did you know that like, well, obviously, you know that this is self-soothing for you, right? Right. But when did you when did you realize that you were kind of in touch with yourself on a deeper level and know like recognize that I need to be self healing and self self care needs to be important? I actually think I, I kind of always knew because I've been collecting crystals and stones since I was a kid. Of course, it wasn't a cool thing to do then, 
mm-hmm. and I just considered them rocks. But I went out, my grandmother lived in Horse Cave, so we would always go down there and they had a mini mall and they had a rock store in there. So we would go every weekend and I would pick out five or six stones. Of, then, of course, then I was just picking them up because they were pretty or I liked the colors or whatever. But I think deep down there was this connection that I had with them that I just didn't know what it was then. Um, so getting older, I've noticed that my kids like, like if we're out walking and stuff, they would pick up rocks that they liked. And I'm like, this must be like a real thing. So I started looking into it and my youngest daughter, um, she started having really, really bad like night terrors. So I was looking up ways to soothe her. And, um, I found that amethyst was good for calm and sleep and, you know, warding off bad dreams. So I actually started by getting her, um, a necklace with amethyst in it. And so she slept with it every night for months and didn't have any more night terror. So I was like, oh, this must really be something that can help. So I just started applying it into different areas of our life. That's dope. Now, self-care has kind of become, it's one of those, one of those terms now. That's what I like to call them. These oh, words yeah. that get thrown around the internet a lot, but no one quite has a great definition. Uh, so when it comes to self-care, like what does that mean to you? I actually just think, of course, it's different for everybody. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just something that lets you relax and be you. I know everybody usually has a hectic day and especially with everything going on with the pandemic. So self-care could be just sitting in the dark. It could be just laying down and watching TV. It's something that, you know, resets you and gets you back to a place where you can be yourself and move forward like confidently without being stressed or without, you know, having any issues with your day to day. Um, I don't think it has to be something grand like going to a spa or, shopping or anything like that just having five minutes to yourself could be a form of self-care yeah so i have a question for you maybe you can help because it's my my youngest daughter she'll be two in july right but she communicates a lot for her age Mm -hmm. and i feel like she's she's got a lot of frustrations in which that like she needs to calm down so when it comes to it's i think we deal with issues where it's like She's trying to communicate something to me and I'm trying to understand what she's communicating and we mm-hmm. both tend to get frustrated. Right. And so like I, I I try to just like breathe and like really understand what it is because it must be super frustrating for to be saying something directly and everybody acting like you're speaking a different language. Right. Right. And it's like, so what about for like young kids? Did, did you are there any things that you did like with your kids when they were younger to kind of get them in better head spaces, even if it's before, before bed, I know you had said your daughter had night terrors, but she was kind of older. Are there any routines that parents could possibly do with children to kind of put these things in them early that we can be kind of in control of at least how we feel, if not the situation, you know? Um, I don't, of course I think all kids are different, but for mine, they absolutely talked earlier than they should have and they're so talkative and so active all the time that they tend to be they don't they don't know how to like turn it off so they're on go all the time so I literally had to take time where I would like sit a timer and of course they're kids so I started off with like one or two minutes at first I sit a timer you you just have to sit there don't talk don't be fidgeting and moving around just sit and be still so that you can like relax for a minute because they're always on go. And sometimes, you know, you can fill a little jar with something like water and glitter and have them hold it upside down until all all of it settles to the bottom. So it Uh gives them something to watch, but they don't have to talk and they don't have to move and they can like chill out for a second and recoup. I definitely had to do that because my kids are off the chain and just do a lot. But then also, like you said, with the whole words thing, I'm definitely a use your words type parent. So 
art therapy was always good. Like draw me a picture or go find me a picture or something that explains what you're trying to tell me or what you need for me to do. Or, you know, just I'll put something on TV. Is this what you're trying to tell me? Because I need you to be specific because I don't understand what you're verbally trying to say. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, so when we're talking about chakra, when did you learn about like your chakras? Cause I'm be honest, it's something I kind of know there's seven of them. I don't know nothing about that though. I just hope they're kind of in alignment at all times. <laughs> I really, I know it's important and I just kind of sit still and I'm like, Lord, I hope this shit is working, but I don't really know. When did you, what, what can you tell a novice about your chakras? Um, I think it's the biggest thing is just to Google can tell you everything to start fresh, to start at the very beginning. You'll just have to start Googling. I think um, initially I got into it when I, I used to have a little subscription to a spa and they usually had all these things on the wall that I was like, were very interesting, but there actually are a lot more chakras than seven, but the seven that are typically displayed everywhere are just the major ones. So I think you may feel imbalanced or out of balance and you just don't know what it is but it's probably connected to a chakra and it's basically just centers of energy in a line through the middle of your body and they're supposed if they're in alignment it like you perform at optimal level like if all your health is everything is a one you feel great you're good that's kind of what a chakra is if they're all aligned everything is good but if they're out of whack then you know you could be sick or maybe not sick or maybe you know in a disarray mentally they're just all of them are different, but the basic one, you should always start with the bottom one, which is the very first chakra. And it's the root one. It's like grounding. So it sets the tone for every other chakra. So if you're off at the root chakra, sharp, sorry, chakra, everything else is probably going to be off and out of alignment. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, one more question. I know I wanted to get to, uh, because like I'm dealing with some issues with like friendships and relationships right now. Mm-hmm. Like business stuff, not this. It's not that serious, but like <laughs> <laughs> enough to be annoying. You know what I mean? And it's right. like, what do you think about? Because there's times that I feel like maybe my energies just aren't aligned with someone else's. And like, what do you think about? Like, what's what could be the effect of that? Say living in the same household, or you're doing business with a friend, or just your friendships in general. Like, you could you could get to a place where. I just don't think like that no more. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, I know that there are times that I should just protect my energy, but I also kind of have responsibilities Mm -hmm. that other people depend on. And so there's times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to protect my energy. And how I do that is just, I just kind of shut the world out. Mm -hmm. I don't respond to text messages. Don't call me, don't any of that. And I let these things blow over. But I'm conscious of the fact that these people also depend on me. So I have to be able to communicate this. What do I say? Do I say, hey, your energy don't match my energy. Uh, I got to step away. Or how, how could you, how do we handle that? How do we, how do we move like that? I think that's absolutely something you can say. But of course, the delivery, because of course, people are not going to receive you how you expect them to, even if you're being the most polite, because people are people. Um, but I think it can definitely go both ways. I think if you could sit down and have a conversation, like, look, something's kind of off. I'm not exactly sure what it is. You know, we're trying to do this business thing, but we can't just get it right. I think at times just communicating that because that person may be feeling the same way and you just don't know it. Mm -hmm. So if you sit down and have a conversation with them, they can be like X, Y, you did X, Y, and Z, 
or I'm going through X, Y, and Z, and I'm sorry that may be projected onto you because I think sometimes people are just afraid to address an issue because they don't know where it's going to go after they brought it up. So just starting off by saying, look, I think we should have a talk. This is how I'm feeling. How do you feel about it? I think, yeah, communication is definitely going to be key. Uh, do you, I sometimes find that maybe like people don't communicate that great. And I have noticed, I used to think it was like, I used to think it was because we were young and then now like, I'm not young anymore. And so it's still an (laughs) issue. And then I used to think that like, maybe this is something that only the black community deals with because we don't talk enough. And then like, I got a lot of white friends and I'm now realizing, uh, oh, y'all don't communicate that great either. Right. A poor thing, a rich thing. It's kind of all over. Why do you think it is that like people don't communicate as much as we probably should? Because I agree with you. I think communication can solve a whole bunch of guessing, you know? I think it's from fear because people don't know how you're going to take something. And also because people assume, people assume that you notice their change in behavior and they're like, oh, well, they don't care to to ask what's going on with me. So I'm not going to bring up an issue. I think that is a lot of the problem because I've even experienced it. Like, I feel like I've changed and I've been acting this way and you haven't noticed. So you must not care about what I'm going through. So I'm just not going to bring it up. Mm-hmm. No, so I you... think it's just, you know, both, both sides are just scared really of the outcome of a conversation. And yeah. And sometimes I wonder like where the, where the root of that comes from. Like, is it communication in the household as a child? Cause like, I know I've known you for a long time and I, I know your family and things and you come up in a, like in your family, did you, as a child, did you feel like you could fully communicate? Let's say to your parents. No, probably not. Like maybe with basic things, but about with probably not with big issues because you know, for fear of getting in trouble, if you said the wrong thing or I remember, yeah, your honestly, I remember, oh, he definitely was. I remember. <laughs> There was, it was some stupid argument that happened out somewhere. It didn't have anything to do with me. Like I was just there and the people were arguing. And so like when we got home, me and my brother got in trouble because like we didn't like move and like move out of the way while they were arguing. And I'm like, we didn't have anything to do with this argument, but because we were in the vicinity of the argument, we got in trouble. And he was like, so you're saying if somebody is fighting an ar- argument, you're not going to go the other direction. I mean, well, if I'm not involved, I, I really don't care about that. I was just standing there. And literally me being honest to be like, no, like I really didn't care that they were arguing, didn't have anything to do with me. Like I got in trouble for, so it's like, I'm going to get in trouble for being honest and telling you that what yeah. I would have done. So I'm like, no, I really can't have a conversation with you if you're going to get mad about something like that. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, I only ask that I, I'm be honest. I ask it for selfish reasons. Cause like, I live in a blended household. Like there's, there's eight children total. Right. And so my middle daughter, which is 10, she just moved in here as well. And she was having issues like with her mother and they had a lot of communication issues. Like there weren't great big issues, but like you can't try to solve, you can't try to solve communication issues at 10. Right. Right. She's already made up her mind about a lot of stuff. And so now that she's in my house, it's a, I found it to be a delicate balance of me trying to make sure that she's fully heard. Cause I don't believe mm-hmm. she has been and also let her know that I'll whoop that ass. Right. So like, I want her to be, I want her, no, I like really, like I want her to feel 
free about like telling me what the things that she needs to tell me and also feel like she has the freedom to like not tell me things she doesn't need to but she she just kind of doesn't talk a lot Mm -hmm. like she gives us the basics but like she doesn't really express herself and like i try to like let her know hey it's okay now (laughs) you you can tell me that stuff i'm not just gonna flip and overreact like maybe before but it just seems like she's so guarded you know what i mean and like i don't want her to have to kind of continue to grow up that way just because you don't want to, I just don't, I want her to feel like she can express herself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I try to, uh, I really push communication in our house. I don't really care what it's about. Like, and there are times that they know that there's safe things that they could tell me that they probably couldn't tell any other parent. Right. And I'm just going to be like, what? But <laughs> I'm not going to judge them. But like, cause there's things that happen with my son. My son's 15. There's things he tells me these high schoolers are into. Right. And it may, I might sound old, but I'm just like, what oh no these kids right now are doing the most they're 15 like what are you talking about and but he tells me these things because me and him have a great open communication flow you know and it's like with her she would never (laughs) she would never tell me the crazy things that the kids are doing at school Mm -hmm. or that she's seeing here and there and it's it's just difficult man because i I want i want her to feel like she could communicate because Growing up, I don't really think I had anybody that I could say some of the wild shit that like was going through my mind or that I was thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. I there was no safe place for me to be like, "Hey, think I'm gonna go do this this weekend? What do you think?" <laughs> <laughs> and them to not be like, "What is wrong with you?" Right. And I don't know. I just think kids would be better off if they if they had that safe space. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I definitely agree. Yeah. On to, uh, back to some grown-up issues here. Uh, Let's just say that someone is, I think the pandemic made everybody sit down for a while, which is really good because, like, you get to figure out what you actually like and what you've just been tolerating, right? Right. And so some people, venturing into self-care, this was the entry point for a lot of people, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, better late than never, and I think it's dope. What are there any like books, podcasts, magazines you like anything that you like to turn to when I don't know, during your when you feel like you need some self-care or simply some entertainment or if they want to learn a little bit more about who they are or ask themselves the questions to kind of explore themselves? Is there any form of media that you turn to? Um, The first book I read uh, when I started um, diving deeper into this was Zen and the Art of Happiness. Um, it's actually a really, really small book, super simple, and it's like common sense things, but it's things that you need to be reminded of because I used to get so, so very frustrated when things like didn't go as planned or go my way, especially when I felt like I was doing like everything right and everything was in order and it would mess up. And so the book is just basically saying, like, whatever is happening, you have to think of it as this is the best that it could be right now. It's supposed to happen exactly like this. It couldn't have happened any other way. This is how it was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So starting off with that mindset, like, if I'm having a bad day, I'm stuck in traffic. Okay. I'm frustrated because I'm stuck in traffic, but this is how today is supposed to go. I can't change it because I am sitting here. 
So I have to make the best of the situation. So of course it's pretty common sense, but it's just little stuff that we need to be reminded of to not spaz out about. So I think if anybody could read this and I think that they would get a, a you know, I think they would like it. Um, what was the name of that again? Zen and the Art of Happiness. Okay. Um, the author is Chris Prentice. I'll put that in the, the show notes there as well. As soon as I can get it right. Um, and then also, um, my other book that I liked, it was it's actually a pretty pretty it's a deeper read, I guess. It's called The Instruction. And so it's just basically trying to give you steps of your life. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if you know any of this stuff, but like your soul number and your soul age and just trying to connect with like your spirit guides and things of that nature. Um, so it's a pretty deep, it's a deeper read, um, but it's pretty helpful. It gives you like the breakdown of the soul, of the ages of the soul and how you can know what age you are, like what things you're into currently, um, how you react to things how you choose, you know, your career or your life partner, those things determine what level you're on. Yeah. I've never heard of soul number. That's a new term. I've never heard of that term. So there's a lot, there's a lot to learn, but it's very, very interesting. Are you still working from home? I am. What was that? What's that transition been like for you? Well, see, I've been working at home for about three years, so it wasn't oh, a transition. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't have to, you know, worry about all that stuff really because I was already at home. What about like your, was your husband at home? No, uh, but he's still not. Um, he's an essential worker. So they never, they never changed. Never got to. Yeah. No, nope. I get it. Uh, when your kids, your kids, are they back in, in person learning now? Um, they go in to school Monday and Tuesday and then they're virtual Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Okay. Uh, have you noticed any changes in them since going to the, uh, any struggles or anything since going to this new model of learning? They adapted really well, which I was thankful for, but um, it was really hard for them to, to like sit still and just stare at the computer all day because they're, you know, they were used to interacting with their teacher and their friends during the school day. So for them to just sit at a computer and they never had, I know some schools did like two and three hours a day. Their school never did that. They always had full school days. Their first uh -huh. meeting starts at nine fifteen, and their last meeting is at like two. So they've always had complete school days, even virtually. I like that better. Um, Cause yeah, that whole, I like it too. Cause they didn't get off task. Thing, pff, yeah. Terrible. Um, so yeah, but I mean, they, they're, they didn't, none of their learning decreased. They, their grades didn't drop. So I was thankful for that. But yeah, I do think it was, a struggle for them to just pay attention and stare at a computer screen all day. I wonder what effects like this is this time is going to have on like these kids long term. Maybe not kids like older kids, but like think about the kindergartners that started like this yeah. year. Yeah, that's that would they don't rough. know what normal school is is supposed to look like, right? Or even first graders that like went for a little bit and then <laughs> they were like, "Hey, we don't go to school no more," right? <laughs> but we'll be back, and it's just like. I know like we have a first grader in our house and like he struggled like he needs to be at school and being yeah. told what to do every single day mm -hmm. because if not, he just how his mind works. It's at school, school time at home is home time. Exactly. I'm not I learning think a lot of kids home. are like that. Yeah. And, and so it's uh, I do wonder the long-term effects that like something like this is going to have 
kind of on the kids going forward just because, man, you, you throw a monkey wrench in someone's general day and, and how, how they are used to functioning. Yeah, I think as a whole that it, it definitely was a setback because I know my kids' teachers have said that a lot of parents, you know, didn't have their kids participating in virtual like at all, like didn't do anything at all while they were virtual. And they have made it clear that once they're back into full-time school, like they're not backtracking and going back to, you know, all the virtual things because that was actual school. So all that work that a kid missed like for a year, almost two years, they literally missed it. So they're going to be super behind when like school is back in session full-time because they're not going to go back and recover it. Yeah. I think the test, I think the test results are kind of showing that now, um, yeah. especially here in Indiana, like they're talking about throwing the test out. It was that bad. Like just saying, forget it for this year because <laughs> this is not looking good. And I, I'm pretty sure their funding is kind of tied to that. So throwing oh, yeah. it out would benefit them, but uh, yeah, it, it can't be good. I want to switch a little bit and I want to talk about like men when it comes to self-care. Cause I talk a lot because that's kind of what I do. But um, <laughs> men tend to, we're taught from a young age, like, hey, you got to be tough. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. Be a man. Uh, you don't cry. You don't do any of these things. And then so we hit a, we tend to hit this apex in life to where there's no more room to hold this shit in. And we do either one or two things, right? We continue it to hold it in until we explode. Or we, we tend to act out in other ways, usually by destroying women, because we don't really know how to express ourselves. And we're used to just kind of doing whatever we want to do. Because I don't think that I don't think men think about that when we tell our young boys to, like, suck it up, hold it in, don't deal with it, don't really communicate and don't cry. You're essentially telling them not to be emotional. Right. And then we expect them at like a adolescent age of 17, 18 and 19 to understand another girl's emotion. Right. And so the things that would hurt us, we've been trained to not hurt us. And like, the, so it's set up to be flawed and from the beginning. Right? right. And it's how long have, how long have you been married? Uh, Nine years this year. And what was your husband's age when you got married? If you don't mind me asking. 25. 25. Okay. Oh, sorry. 26. He was 26. 26. Even better. Um, okay. It's, I always say that, Men, men mature differently at a different rate than women. I think everyone can, can kind of agree with that. But the thing that, the thing that we have to start acknowledging is that we're aware of it, right? So when we're 20, 21, 22, and we're out there just doing our thing, we know that there is damage being done, Mm -hmm. but we don't yet know like how that cost is going to affect us. So it doesn't really matter. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I try to tell like the younger people that I come in contact with the younger men, I'm like, Hey, you should probably just chill for a while. This is how I talk to them. Right. And I'm like, cause I don't think you understand what makes you go yet. And so if you don't have a full understanding of yourself, you can't do anything but damage her because her intentions are going to be different than yours. Right. And you're always going to just be trying to figure out what she's saying not because she's not clear, but because you don't know how to process this shit yet. <laughs> right. And it's like, and I tell him like, yo, trust me. I know I messed some shit up. So like, let me, let me tell you this, this is the cheat code. Right. And, but they, they look at me and you can tell that it's not hitting. Right. 
until they reach an age of about 26, 27, 28, or something significant happens to them to where they have a breakdown. And my question is, do you, how can we cut that curve down, right? Does it start as youth telling these boys to, hey, embrace the emotion, tell us what you're feeling, talk, you need to take some time for yourself, or when they're young men and they can understand and be like, hey, you're probably feeling this, you need to talk about this. Because black men don't even go to therapy. Like, the numbers of percentage of black men that actually go to therapy is ridiculous in comparison to all the other sectors of society. Oh, yes. And it's like, I I hate that, that we've been like brought up to believe in this bullshit because it's not real. That whole be a man shit is not real. Because like at 30, if I get sick, I'm a baby, right? Like, and it's like, <laughs> it, it it's not real until you get to a point where you realize, nah, I need help. Right. I need people. I need my mom. I need my granny. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, what advice can we give these men to be like, hey, you need help too. <laughs> I definitely think it starts young. Just like you, you teach a kid all the things they need to know as they're growing up, it has to start young because once you, if you wait until they're an adolescent, you missed all those years prior letting them experience like real emotions. Like you said, telling them not to cry or telling them to brush it off or they can't play with dolls and X, Y, Z, just ridiculous. Like what? I'm always like, why, why can't a boy play with the doll? He's going to be probably raising a kid one day. So what's the difference? I think with that one, babysitting his, you know, younger sibling with that one in particular, that goes to another ridiculous black community thing with the gay. Yeah. The way we're the way we're taught to look at gays from an early age is not as progressive as other communities. Which is terrible because like you grow up believing these things. And so even if you like I've got a lot of friends now my age that will say I don't have a problem with gay people. But they also a don't have any gay friends. And B are highly uncomfortable around gay people. Yeah. Right? And it's like, I think we're the only ones this way. And like, this is another thing that like seems to just kind of pass through our generations of, cause like we grew up with gay people that we knew was gay when we was a kid. I ain't got to say their names, but you knew them, Ashley. Right. We knew, but no one could talk about it. Ever. Nobody. Like, and we're not that old, but it's like nobody talked about it. And like we we would talk and make jokes about it, but not even around grownups, because you just right. don't talk you don't talk about the gay people, right? <laughs> and like this is it sounds stupid, but like this is the way that it is. Oh yeah, it really happened like that. And then we graduated high school and they go off to college and never come back. <laughs> and exactly. then we see a few years later on Facebook or something. Oh, there he is with his partner. That makes right. a lot of sense. But why couldn't he be that? I knew he was that in eighth grade. He couldn't be that. We, we don't talk about that. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, I think it's, we reinforce that when it comes to boys and like playing with dolls in particular. Yeah. Oh, that's gay. That's going to be gay. And it's just like, I don't know. I think about this stuff a lot, if you can't tell. 
I, I really do. It's just, it because gets kind of so frustrating. Weird. Yeah. And it's, I can say it's weird now, but it, it wasn't really weird when I was growing up. I mean, because that's all we knew growing up. We thought that's what they were, you know, that we were doing the right thing because that's what we were taught. Yeah. We got to teach them better. Absolutely. Like we got to, we got to teach them better. And I think that, um, it starts with accountability and like self-awareness of being like, Hey, I could be part of the problem. And so I do that a lot is I will, if I'm presented with a situation that I feel a way about and I don't, I don't know why I feel a way about it. I usually take time and I think to myself, why do I feel this way? Right. Mm -hmm. And why do they feel the way that they feel? And it takes some, did I not communicate effectively? Um, I had, I had recently had someone like tell me that like me and this person just didn't vibe. There was never beef. We just met. Hey, cool. And then like we got closer and then we started to be cool. And he was like, yeah, I was intimidated by you. Wow. And I was like, what? Why would you be like that? That shit bothered me. Like I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you just came off like a don't fuck with me kind of person. I'm like, what are you talking about right now? And then I'm like, who's telling you this stuff, right? But like, as I was getting mad at that, I was like, am I coming off intimidating? Like, do, is this how I have to look at myself? Like, oh, maybe the way that I talk isn't comfortable for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's, uh, is it more important for me to say what I want to say? Or is it more important for me to be effective? In communicating right. my my message, and I was like, maybe it was on me. I guess I could try to not be intimidating, but but yeah, it was. I had to check myself on that. You know what I mean? And I think it's a uh, accountability. We got to do better. Yeah, we got to do better. Yeah. So back to light this candle. What um, what future plans in a perfect world? What would this look like for you in five years? We're gonna talk entrepreneur well, uh... stuff now. I'm thinking of getting like a storefront. There's this location that I pass often, probably every other day. Um, And I would like to, of course, have my products in there. But I want to do like kind of like a spa feel, um, yoga, regular yoga, hot yoga, and have some quiet rooms where people can come like on their lunch breaks, take a little mental break, do some sound bowls, meditation type things. Um, So I'm, I'm working on it. So hopefully... Definitely in the next five years, I could be able to make that happen. Yeah, it was uh, when it comes to business, that's that's like my lane. So I get excited to talk about that. And I really like brands like yours because like I remember the the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And so every business goes through this phase called product validation. Right. Mm-hmm. You have an idea and then you, you move that on to a product, but you still don't know if people are really going to buy it or not. Right. Right. The process in buying your product wasn't the easiest at first. I had right. to like let you know what I wanted and then send you money through Cash App. Yeah. But like, so most people would look at that like, oh God, that was the early days. It's so terrible. But to me, this is how you should think about that. That's your product validation. That even though the process wasn't the most streamlined, people still supported your vision, right? Right. And so like, to see it grow. I think I told you after the first time, I was like, yo, you need a website. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you need a website. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to get that coming. To see people grow from 
we just kind of kind of hit you up and tell you what we want to they're just supporting through the website you have what you need in validation and you have a brand that has the people mm-hmm. so we're gonna go with you wherever you want to take it don't don't be nervous to take it places that like further than you might think of right now you know what i mean and so when it comes to the storefront and stuff it's uh i wish you guys had i don't know if you guys have a program like this so we have here in indy there's this i think it's the group's called launch indy and what they do is there's empty retail spots all through downtown right Mm -hmm. so they have a program to where they essentially rent out these retail spots and you can apply for one of the months in there and you can kind of move in as a pop-up for a month to see what it's like to have a brick and mortar. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like you get to test your test your products and things and and get yeah. your word out there without having the overhead of a, you know, monthly rent. Yeah. Um stuff like that would be great because brick and mortars are ridiculously expensive. Like <laughs> if the, I don't know like I said, I don't know about in Louisville, but I'm pretty sure it's the same. Here in Indy, Jesus Christ. Like it's it's so expensive to do it, but it's um it's worth doing. It's worth growing into. I enjoy to see like people that I actually know venture off and do something on their own. Mm-hmm. Because people don't understand what it takes to run a business. Oh, they really don't. I mean I definitely didn't even before this. Yeah. It's uh most people don't. I've failed in enough businesses to know at this point like yeah i know i know this is you think we're going to make money immediately i am telling you we are six months from making money are you okay with that you know and it's uh yeah it's just the process we go through but it's it's there's nothing like it you know what i mean like yeah you stop counting the hours that you take into it and did you like did you have did you always know you wanted to own a business I think so. I mean, I don't know that I thought it was going to be a candle business. Um, But yeah, I've always wanted to be, you know, have my own thing going. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of the same for me. Like, I knew that I never wanted to work for anybody else just because I'm not that great of an employee. And (laughs) yeah, I'm not. And my mind just doesn't work that way. And I believe that people, I believe you got to be built for this entrepreneur life because it is not what Mm -hmm. people think. Man, it is not I what people agree. think. But yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm proud to support your business because. Thank you. It's been what? It's been a year, right? Yes, it was a year. Uh, April 29th. That's crazy. It is it went by pretty fast. I mean, yeah, and look and look at the progress you made in one year. You know. Yeah. That's 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 dope. Not seeing you doing like clothing now too. Uh, slogan t-shirts. Slogan t-shirts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like that. Well, anything that you want to leave the people with? Um, um, tell think, them your website uh, so they can come and buy some oh, candles. Yeah. Website is lightthiscandleco.com. Um, Instagram is light underscore this underscore candle. Um, and then my Facebook is lightthiscandleco, LLC. Um, but just... Just always try to be yourself, regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of who wants you to be whatever. Just always know that being yourself is the best thing that you can be. 
Um, I definitely believe in affirmations. I say them daily. So if you're going to start anywhere, start there. It could be anything that you believe in. Just make sure that you repeat it often so that you can, you know, speak it into the universe. Um, a scripture that I say daily, every day, is the prayer of Jabaz. I say it every day, like a million times a day, especially if I get frustrated with like work or kids or something, I'll stop and just say it. I say it so much, of course, I have it memorized. So that is a particular prayer that I suggest everyone learn and start to say. It helps. It's very you know helpful. you got to say it for us now. Cause, uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. I like that. It's a good so, note yeah, to end I on. Good yeah, note I, to end I like on. that a lot. Uh, Ashley, thank you for coming on. I know we supposed to do this last week, but you know how it goes. You know, stuff happens. I hope to have you back on again soon. Again, Ashley from light this candle, light this candle code.com, right? Correct. All right. Thank you. Thank you.